Whether it's an emergency in the middle of the night or a problem that's been bothering you for years, no matter where you live, we want to connect you to more convenient care closer to home. But when it comes to your health, we must do more, and we're doing more. Today, we're taking action to reduce wait times for surgeries. We're expanding community surgical and diagnostic centers so you can get surgeries you need faster and closer to home. There you go. That is a premier just uh, finishing up a press conference unveiling sweeping changes. The first we've seen in the province of Ontario, historic day in Ontario, as we uh, see privatization play a role, which has always played a role in our health care, but nonetheless... Now it's wide out in the open. So as we parse through a lot of the details of the announcement, and certainly a lot of details will uh, dribble out over the next few days, there is going to be a ton of politics played with this, and there'll be a lot of noise from special interest groups that not only muddle the message, uh, but are acting in their interests. And so I think it's important that we know how the details of this plan will work. Because as, as the Premier said, look, it's permanent, These are permanent changes. They're going to allow independent, not-for-profit, private facilities, uh, you know, to clear up knee and hip replacements, cataract surgeries, MRI and CT scans. All services will be covered by OHIP, and the plan is to expand services over time to these clinics. I want to bring in Francesca Grosso, principal over at uh, Grosso McCarthy, a a firm that does and specializes in all things health policy. It is great to have you, Francesca. I know you've been watching this very closely. I certainly have been, and I'm, I have to say I am so happy I'm over the moon. Yeah, look, I, I know a lot of people have been pushing for these changes for an awful long time, but as you know, it is the third rail for politicians to even broach this. But I think it's important, um, you know, well, two big things stick out. We've always had private care. We've had private care for a long time doing these services, but we're also an outlier because there's four provinces already doing these kinds of things in their in their healthcare now. Yeah. So a couple of things. First of all, this is not privatization. This is not new. Uh, this has been going on forever in Ontario. And uh, lab services and other services where you pay with your OHIP card. Uh, the only reason uh, this is such a profound announcement is that uh, we started, to, they're, they're, they're going to do more of it. Mm-hmm. And uh, quite honestly, the Premier pointed out that there are only two other countries in the world uh, that are publicly funded that do not do this. And I think he said Korea and, and some other, uh, you know, uh, country like this. Everybody uses the private sector to deliver publicly funded services. I think what is exceptional about the way they've decided to roll this out is that they started with what they have. So they started by saying, let's take more surgeries and put them into existing um, settings. So, for example, Kensington or, you know, for argument's sake, say a shoulder, these places that are already set up that are already doing this stuff outside of the hospital, give them more allocations to do. So there's no worry about HHR, health human resources, nurses, doctors. These folks are already staffed. The second tranche is they made some awards, and I would imagine those are very few awards for cataract surgery. I think they said Ottawa, um, Waterloo, London, I, I, I believe Kitchener, Waterloo, They didn't give out many awards, and I think that uh, there, too, they probably gave them all to, well, I I know for a fact, 
because it was part of the application process that you already had to be operating in the area of eyes mm-hmm. and you already had to have your own staff. Right. And part of the process was you have to, and it's part of every RFP process, frankly, you have to be able to show that whatever you're getting, you actually have the capacity to do it without pillaging. So those are the fourth, first two tranches. The third. Well, hold on. Tranche, let, let me let me just step oh, in and, and remember the third tranche. But I just want to because there's been a lot of concern. Yeah. You know, are we building a whole bunch of new clinics? So you've answered that question. No, these clinics. Are, are clinics that are already in motion, they're already set up, they're already staffed. But the other question I'm getting is, cause I, and no one asked, is what about those in rural sectors? I mean, I assume, and, and correct me where I'm wrong, of two things. Uh, if you live in North Bay, if there's someone who does those cataract surgeries, that would be the clinic you go to, or you are coming to Toronto, but you'll probably get a faster service. Right. So, look, I mean, I think that the Premier was pretty clear, and I think the Minister was clear that this is the beginning uh, and that that in the future, it's going to be regionally decided based on need. In fact, uh, Minister Jones was very clear on this. She said, you know, moving forward, the region has to be involved in determining what they need. So I don't think we can take a look at what they did in the first two, I call it tranches, buckets, mm-hmm. stages, and say that's what it's going to be. It's all going to end up being in southern Ontario. No, they are going to open this up. But I think that takes me to the third point, which is they want to do a real opening up with a lot of sober second thought. They have legislation that needs to be changed to enable more procedures to go out. Mm -hmm. They want to manage wait lists. That's so important because you know what, Alex, if you end up with a physician who doesn't have anywhere else to operate but the hospital, does that mean that you should get your surgery after three years and I get mine tomorrow because my surgeon, you know, Mm -hmm. these are the things they're thinking about. So they're putting in place wait time uh, management systems. They're worried about uh, making sure that they have safeguards so that you don't have uh, an exodus of HHR from the hospitals. That I would love to address because I think that that is, in my view, a real phony concern that people have raised. But they're trying to do it right, and you've got to give them credit for that. They've been listening to all of the naysayers and all of those people who are detracting and bringing up all these, you know, you know, this, these, these arguments that really get people afraid and they are going to deal with it methodically and they're going to deal with it uh, taking their time. So I think that the public should be happy. This is a huge win for the public, an absolute huge win. Yeah, and let me, and 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 Ford was pretty clear. This is OHIP. They're they're going to pay for it. You're not going to be asked for your credit yeah. card. The other question that came up a ton yeah. is about upselling. Like, what do you do to make sure these clinics don't upsell? And I'm thinking, well, they're doing. It. I mean, it'd be very easy. They just have to submit their paperwork. And if the College of uh, Physicians and if they see this is happening, or the regulating body sees this, they'd be able to expose that. No. Yeah, I'm going to give you an actual much simpler response to this, Alex, which, to be honest, I was surprised at the media, these questions that, in my view, were very uninformed. (laughs) You're surprised by that? Sorry. (laughs) I I really was, because I figured if you're going to be asking this question repeatedly, you might want to talk to people out there. The fact of the matter is hospitals are upselling all the time. Yeah, yeah. This is part, and, and I don't blame them, and I'll tell you why. Because people do have a right to choice. 
patient choice is important. And I'm going to give you an example. If you go in and you find out the lens that you're going to get put in your eye mm-hmm. that is covered by OHIP does not deal with astigmatism, right. and you have astigmatism, right. do you think that I should deny you about knowing that there is another lens that would actually deal with that? Right. I can't mention it to you. Like, where are we living? Is this, you know, like Russia? This is ridiculous. People need choices. They need to be able to say, you know what? Yeah, I, I will pay a little more and I will get this because it will do this. Because I'll be able to me. see. That right. would be the one reason, so, probably because I want to see. Yeah. Okay, but okay. that's an yeah. example, yeah. Alex, and I'm, uh, that, that, I, that is an example of an upsell. Now, hospitals do it all the time, and usually it is the surgeon that has this conversation with the patient, and the patient makes a decision. So I'm not really certain how all these media folks keep asking this question, and are you going to, you know, outlaw upselling or prevent upselling? Why, why do we want... Why do we want to deny people a choice? You know, it's, it's one thing if you say to a person, you know, the, I'm going to put a lens in your eye and you're going to pay. That is not how it works. It doesn't work like that in hospitals and it won't work like that in clinics. These clinics will give patients the same choices that they would get from the same surgeon in a hospital. And I'll tell you, that's one thing I think the government is going to have to message a little more clearly. I kind of got the feeling that it's almost like they they were avoiding the question. And I I don't know why, because it's happening in hospitals. So, yeah, that's one of those things I I guess will probably have to come from the hospitals themselves if they can get someone to say, look, we already do this. Um, But, well, the part of the problem, Alex, is that a lot of this misinformation are coming from powerful voices that are in and around the hospitals, but it is disinformation. And I know patients, many of them, including my mother, including my aunt, including so many people that went to the hospital and did opt to get a better enhanced lens. So this, anyone who says that hospitals do not upsell, I don't even like the term upselling because it almost makes it look like you're trying to gouge, make yeah. money off the gouge yeah. the patient. This isn't upselling. This is offering choices, some of which are covered and some of which may be perfectly fine for that patient yeah. and offering choices when patients' needs might exceed what is covered. And there is nothing wrong with that. Nothing. All right, look, a lot's going to come out over the next few days. I'm so glad I have you to clarify a lot of this um, because there are going to be a lot of uh, questions that we need answered and certainly the other side of the spin. So we'll call on you again. Francesca, I am out of time. Very much appreciate it. Great. Talk to you later. That's Francesca Grosso, principal of uh, health policy over at Grosso McCarthy. So look, we were, we'll keep this covered. We'll continue to try to get some of the answers to these questions. But a lot of this, I think, for most people is common sense. I know it doesn't exist today, but let's welcome it, please.